This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Australia hanging in there in the cricket. We'll detail what's happened on day three. Stuart Clark is in as the blame game about why the Aussies are struggling is in full swing. The Kangaroos win a spicy test against England as Sam Burgess fires up both on and off the field and hefty suspensions dished out in the case of the AFL player hidden from a drugs test. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Uh, yes, welcome to a Monday night and another week. We have three weeks of the show to go before we close up shop for 2016. Stuart Clark, hello to you. G'day, Dan. Oh, jeez, it's been hard. It's been hard, Dan. I've got to say it's been tiring. It's been tiring watching the Aussies, but look, they're there and they're fighting. <laughs> they are fighting. I can't, I can't give you any more than that. <laughs> we will go through the summary. Look, look, frankly, it could have been all over by today. Well, so, so it's something that they have something to go into day four with. Stumps in the cricket, by the way. We'll get to that shortly. But I want to ask you now, I never thought, we've been doing this show for nearly five years now, I never thought we'd open with a UFC person. But I want to ask you a genuine question. Now, this is a rising sport, but it is still a niche sport. Is Conor McGregor the most interesting athlete in the world today? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way, Dan. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of USC, UFC. I, I know it happens, and I've, I've seen fights from time to time. I don't, I don't quite like the brutality of it. But if I know about him, and I've watched his comments, and I've heard about his comments, then he's got to be interesting. Because if he wasn't interesting, I just wouldn't give one. I'd turn it off. I'll go and watch something else. Let, so, me, let me play this. And... You know, I'm trying to think of who's Usain Bolt. Yes, he is one of the most charismatic athletes in the world, but really, he's a once-in-four-year thing. Absolutely. Conor McGregor here has helped to make this sport mainstream. Let me play this. So I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. Now, again, there's a bit, a bit of swearing here, so I've had to beep it out, but uh, we'll just play this. So I'm, I'm of the camp. I think he's the most interesting athlete in the world right now. Here he is after his win yesterday. Conor McGregor, the first man ever to hold two titles simultaneously. How does this all feel to you? Where the f- is my second belt? <laughs> I've already got this one. Where's the second one at? Cheap f- 4.2 billion is coming to the cell phone. Where's that second belt? Go backstage and grab that f- belt somewhere. F- I, hear. I only want him to try to take that one on me already. What the f- <laughs> I've spent a lot of time, Joe. Slaying everybody in the company. Backstage, I'm starting fights off everybody. I ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> the double champ does what the f- he wants. Uh, it's fascinating. He, look, he certainly draws a crowd. You can hear the crowd in the background. They were all chanting for him. I actually, I, I'll explain. I, look, I watched the weigh-in as well the day before yeah. on Fox, and if yeah. it wasn't interesting, I wouldn't give one, but the crowd were chanting for Conor McGregor, and they were booing the other bloke. I don't know what the other bloke's name is, Alvarez or something. Mm-hmm. Eddie Alvarez. I was a big Eddie fan until the other thing, and he smashed in. <laughs> uh, he was my favourite, but then, but then Conor's come along. Okay. Uh, he, he does. Look, he's certainly going to sell some tickets, that's for sure. If he goes into the, into the octagon... And that's what I know it as now, the Octagon. <laughs> okay. He's certainly going to sell a few tickets. Did you, did you hear him today? So that, that was obviously straight after his fight. We won't play the audio, but um, uh, he's now today says that he is so important to that sport that he is de- he's demanding equity in the company. <laughs> well, the company's worth a bit, and any percentage of equity is worth a bit to him. I'm not sure Dana White's going to give him that bit of equity. He's yeah. certainly going to get a big payday next time he steps well, into the Octagon. 
Yeah. That's, oh, uh, would you anyway. give him back to equity? No, because he's not going to make there's, he's not going to make anywhere near as much money doing anything else in life. Now I know there's that rival organisation Bellator, but please, this is mainstream. Anyway, look, Absolutely. look, well, let's not get into the intricacies of, of the sport. <laughs> we do, but you know, we're giving it more attention. But I, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm, I think, and you're the same. This guy right now is the most interesting athlete in the world. Right. Something less interesting, Australia's <laughs> performance of the cricket. Let's talk about that right after this. It is the Rush Hour on Triple M. And we have a new sponsor this week, Lendy Home Loans. Looking for a better home loan? Go to lendy.com.au and get your home loan online. Rush Hour on a Monday, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Yes, the M's, the Rush Hour, getting it home on a Monday night. We do it for Lendy Home Loans this week. Stuart Clark in with Dan. A pertinent night to have Stu in because there's plenty of cricket out and about and uh, we will get to the broader issues of of Australian cricket a little later. Uh, But let's, Stewie, uh, talk about this test. And, in fact, before we uh, get your detailed opinion let's just take people what has happened uh, today south africa start of the day even though in a dominant position only 85 in front with five wickets in hand so all not lost mm-hmm. well apart from miss stumping de Kock and bavuma took the test right away from australia in the opening session they put on 117 and de Kock made a ton then bowled by hazelwood for 104 19 more than the entire Australian first innings put together. Uh, Bavuma made 74, and eventually the Proteas were polished off for 326, a lead of 241. Josh Hazelwood, 6489. Now, 326 on a pitch Australian, Australia couldn't handle. What did you make of that score? Oh, I thought it was too many, to be fair, Dan. Um, look, they bowled okay, the Australians, but... Again, you looked at the way the South Africans bowled in the first inning. They didn't try and blast Australia out. Uh, Vernon Philander ran in, bowled. You know, he doesn't bowl anything over about 132, 133, mm. but he bowls every ball there or thereabouts. One seems in, one seems away. One swings, one doesn't. We were all at sea. We didn't seem to do that until Josh Hazelwood, to his credit, got line and length and just went with, you know what? Let's be very boring and bowl every ball in the same spot. And eventually they got out. We just now- did it too late. No, you know, we don't want to turn this into a Joe Many bash-up because he seemed to try his heart out and he eventually did take his first test wicket. But, my goodness, has, a, has there ever been a pitch more suited to Jackson Bird in test cricket? Uh, no, the answer to that question <laughs> is the simple answer to that. Look, Joe Manny, he tries hard. He's, he did well in first-class cricket yes, last uh, year. They thought, look, he was 12th man. He was an odd selection to start with, but they put themselves into a bind, the selectors, by picking him. And when it came time... Peter Siddle got injured. He would have done well on that wicket too, I might add. Would have Siddle. Nipped around, yeah, he would have mm. nipped around nicely because he bowls that top of off stump type stuff. I think S. Clark would have had a field day uh, on that Bell Reef track. Oh, look, back in the glory years, I think they showed <laughs> some footage of me getting a wicket off a helmet. Uh, the glory years, those were, Dan. Um, but, look, anyone that bowls seam up on that wicket, Glenn McGrath, you know, we'll go back to him. You go back to, you know, Richard Hadley, Dennis Lilly, any of those sort of guys would have got 12 wickets in that match. We just didn't seem to do it enough. Joe Manny, he's an honest toiler. There's no question about it. He's not, and without being disparaging, he's not a world beater and he never will be. He's a good, honest toiler. Well, I want to ask you about Stark. We laud him and we sort of think he is the only world-class bowler we have and maybe Hazelwood will get up there soon. But is he a little bit one-dimensional, Stark, in that it seems to be either Yorkers trying to spear into batsmen or short balls? Well, what he is, he's good. He's a good bowler on flat wickets where the ball's going reverse. He bowls fast. He gets the ball to tail in. He can get it to tail away from around the wicket. 
But on green wickets, it's not about reverse swing. It's about landing the ball on a on a length, foolish length, ball after ball, and just boring guys out. That's not Mitchell Stark's go-to. Okay, he, he tries to blast guys out. To the Australian innings and <laughs> the most diabolical start, poor Joe Burns feathered one down the league side <laughs> for a first over duck, one for none. Yeah, it was a. It couldn't have got any worse. Like you know, one of those ones that go way down leg side. He tried to whack it, just got a little bit of a feather, and it, I think it got referred. To be fair, it didn't give it out at first instance. Alim Dar, he's had a stinker. Forget about the Aussie batting. <laughs> How bad's he gone in this series? Um, feathered downside referral. He's out. Uh, Australia one for none. David Warner, Usman Khawaja, they've put on a good partnership. Warner was extremely unlucky after his dismal shot in the first innings. Um, basically got one at his hip, tried to turn around the corner. It bounced up, hit him on the elbow, hit yeah. him on the thigh pad, hit him on the foot, hit him on the back of the head, and then rolled onto the stumps. So disappointing, but that's what happens. You know, David Warner, it wasn't a bad shot by any means. It was a bit unlucky this time around to make up for his yeah. dreadful first innings. Well, much more circumspect in this innings. 45 off 78. He played like a test player. Well, he played properly. I don't get this whole, you got to take the good with the bad stuff. <laughs> that was not bad. That was disgraceful. It landed off the pitch, that ball. I don't know why teams just don't bowl all the time out there to him and go, I tell you what, see how long you can leave him for. And I reckon he's got three overs in him and he's going to play that shot again. Yeah, the two, you're right, the two justifications for Dave when he does something stupid is, oh, well, you know, you can't complain given, you know, he'll, take, he'll win you a test in a session. And the other thing is he has a test average of 48. Mm. So who are we to complain about when he throws one away? But well, he's, the, he's the vice captain. You, you can't play. Look, Stephen Smith, to his credit, he was resilient in that first innings. And, you know, he got behind him. He let him go. He, he worked the ball around. He didn't try and play anything too extravagant. And he ended up with 48 not out. Well, everyone else just got out. So, you know, full credit to him in the first innings. And, look, good to see the Australians fighting. They're mm. fighting in the second innings. Usman Khawaja's batting well. 56 for Khawaja, 18 for Smith, 2 for 121. That is a stump score on day three. So that places Australia 120 down with eight wickets remaining. We can't dare to dream, can we? We can. We should. But if it all happens, if we lose a couple of wickets early, we've seen how brittle the lower order can be, especially on the wicket. It's still moving around, especially with the new balls. So, you know, they're about 45 overs in, I think, the uh, the South Africans. So they get another 30-odd, 40-odd overs, and then they'll get another new ball. So the Australians better be prepared. Uh, oh, look, they're 140 or 150 behind, I think, from from looking at the scores. They've got about well on that first session. We keep saying it, but every, that first session of every day has been really, really critical given there's still so much movement in the ball. No rain forecast for tomorrow, mostly cloudy. And Wednesday, again, cloudy with the sun breaking through. So I don't think we can rely on rain to get us out of this. No, rain's not going to save. It doesn't look balmy down there as well. looks like a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful six or seven degrees by the looks of it. Honestly, honest, Stu, let's not bash... Hobart. That but, we, does this show go to Hobart? No, Let's but... How we knew him, Dan, go. Okay, Canberra should be a test venue before Hobart. Yeah, you'd have all the people saying that it's, you know, it's, it's been around. We've, we've produced Ricky Ponting and David Boone out of the place. They've both got statues at the ground. Well, we produced David Boone before we started taking test matches down there. <laughs> They've got lights and everything. Mate, it was a sat on, on a sat. They posted the crowd on Saturday as seven thousand eight hundred. Now mate. that is rugby league line. Mate. I mean, that that was an appa- <laughs> that was GWS Giants stuff. That mate, that, that crowd was, that they announced. It there. was four degrees. It was forecast to snow. Come on, seriously, give them a I, go. Uh, hey, I wouldn't go either. If I'm in Hobart and it's free, <laughs> I'm not going to sit out there for seven hours when it's live on TV. But I'm just saying, hasn't camp? I mean, they took a 2020 final, the Big Bash final, to Canberra because they're trying to grow the game there. Well, I'm just suggesting that maybe. 
there's more a bigger market in Canberra than well, in Hobart. Don't forget, next is the Ashes. They don't get one. They get nothing next year. They get a big <laughs> donut. So your your wishes have come true. They're out All next right. year. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. We do it for Lendy Home Loans. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Uh, just some news coming through. This comes from Jamie Pandaram from the Daily Telegraph. Uh, Lock. Oh, that was nearly the end of my career. Lock, Adam <laughs> Coleman, grade two medial, his tour is over. So that's yeah. just uh, coming through now. Uh, so that's bad news for the Wallabies as they embark on a test match against France in the next few days. Got out of jail against Scotland, but um, uh, Adam Coleman won't be there for the remainder of the tour. And I'm just looking at a tweet here by uh, someone at Bill Reeve Oval. It is bright sunshine. But play has been called off for bad luck. It's a beautiful place, Hobart. <laughs> More cricket down there, I believe. Uh, let's do this. Now, this commentator we're about to play, a very famous Boston Celtics commentator who just maybe lost it here. Now on the Rush Hour. Oh! When commentators lose their sh- Dennis Rodman, and he sneers. He didn't do it because he's a goody good boy. He wouldn't do something nasty like that. Dennis Rodman did not incur my respect anyway. In fact, tell that to these miserable Detroit media people because they called me jerk of the week. Well, fine, I'll be a jerk of the week, but I'll be myself. I, I wouldn't be like them for all the money in the world. The Rush Hour. <laughs> uh, sports update coming up after this, including... Dramas in AFL, the Lockie Whitfield case. It's going to take out three people from the game. And we got some rugby league news as well, including that test match last night, which got Sam Burgess fired up both on and off the field. It is the Rush Hour here on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Triple M, it is the Rush Hour getting you home on a Monday. Australia 2 for 121 in the cricket in their second innings. They still trail South Africa by 120. Let's do this. Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Live sports update. We Drive will drive you and your car home for as little as $30. Download the We Drive app today. They told me six times in the song, Dan, there's going to be a sponsor after the sports update thing. Don't talk over it. And what did I do? <laughs> Sam Burgess has made some interesting comments after Australia's comfortable win over England in the Four Nations. Now, I know you did breakfast radio this morning, Stu. Did you get to watch this game? Uh, I watched the highlights. I've seen the highlights 15 times. So, uh, Sam Burgess, he he did make comment. You're right there. But he made comment, and I think it's in relation to, or post, Wayne Bennett having a crack at him. So Wayne Bennett had a crack at him about giving away a couple of penalties that were crucial in the match. Yes. And then he had a, he had a crack in a, in a roundabout way at Cameron Smith about he influenced the referee. Uh, he has, obviously hasn't been watching any of Cameron Smith because he does it every week and he's really good at it. So I found these comments very strange because I, I, I did watch the game and it seemed like... Now it's very easy, you know, an uh, Australian fan, you sort of, you know, you think the refs are against Australia. But it did seem like England were getting a pretty good deal. And yes, the count may have evened up, evened up, but that did coincide with Australia actually just getting on top generally. And basically, they weathered the English storm and then went right on with the job. And as you alluded to, Sam suggested that um, the ref was evening up the count because Cam Smith was in the ref's ear telling him the penalty count. Now, Stu, I would suggest that's actually pretty good gamesmanship. He does it every game, and he's really good at it. Uh, he's the most influential player on the field. Cameron Smith. Mm. He stands next to the referee, he controls the ruck, he controls the speed of the game and he did it again last night for the Australians. It's great when he's on your team. Hate playing against him. Like, when he plays for the Storm or Queensland, can't stand him. 
<laughs> but, when he, but when he plays for Australia, love him to death. Best when player. he retires, we're talking about this off here. You talked about Jonathan Thurston, and he's an instant immortal. But Cam Smith is the most, surely the most important player that a team has had in the last, well, who knows how long, maybe ever. Teams that have him in their team, in their side, they just they just win. Well, if you, if you were, we were talking that if you're going to build a team, so if you started a team in Perth and you could pick anyone you wanted for two years or three years... I'd pick him. You'd pick him first. He's got a captain. Uh, 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 yeah. you, you, you potentially... You've got a future coach. You've got a leader. You've got... You've got Everything rolled into one. The only thing that's going against him at the moment, he's probably a little bit old. Even then, you'd, you, it's like when Melbourne Storm got Glenn Lazarus for a couple of years. You know that you have got a winner in Absolutely. your team running the show for a couple of years. Set the platform and then and then off you go. Now, uh, in AFL, it is really hitting the fan in the Lockie Whitfield case. Now, he's the G, young GWS Giants player who was hidden by two officials to avoid a drugs test. Uh, Whitfield is gone for six months, but a lot of that is served in the off-season, so he'll be back next year uh, during the season. While Collingwood football boss, former GWS Giants uh, man, Graham Gubby Allen, and assistant coach Craig Lambert have been banned for 12 months. I find this astounding. Everyone knows the rules. You know, you know. people will say, what about the Sharks penalty? Well, again, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it may be, six months, is that enough? Deliberately, de- deliberately hiding from a drug test. Mm. I, I don't know. I, 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 there'll be a lot of uh, Olympic athletes that'll be jumping up and down about this. Right. And so. isn't it true this only came to light because of a jilted ex-girlfriend or a worried ex-girlfriend? Well, worried. I'm not sure about worried. Get well, square. Okay. Get, get square sounds like possibly. <laughs> get square sounds like the motive there. But yeah, look, and, and that's what scares it. My, my, the interesting thing for me is how will the AFL handle this? Because they're very good at covering over things. The AFL. Well, very, and very they good. are helped by the most sycophantic media available. That AFL media... Down, I mean, people say that rugby league media is too hard on the game. Would you rather that or an AFL media which just... Any drama, it just brushes over everything. Well, everything is wonderful. Everything is... It's North Korea down there. <laughs> okay, maybe not maybe not quite that level, but, you know, everything's Kim, Kim wonderful. Kim Jong-in's moved into Footscray or something, is he? Wanderers coach Tony Popovich has been cited under the FFA National Code of Conduct after he blew up, um, after the Wanderers 3-0 loss to Melbourne victory. And the F1 Championship will go to the end of the season finale in Abu Dhabi. Lewis Hamilton's win reduces Nico Rosberg's lead to 12 points, which means Rosberg, if I've got this right, will take the title as long as he finishes third or better in that Correct. final event. So it's still very much in his hands. Uh, the way those, uh, the way that team has gone this year, anything outside the top two would be a surprise. But there we go. At least we go to the finale with something at stake. Yeah, we do. The top three, you, you got to, and that's on the assumption that Lewis wins as well. Yes, yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, Lewis needs to come first. It was a horrible race over there for weather. It was stopped a couple of times, wet weather, cars going off everywhere. Touching bit at the end there, uh, Felipe Massa, finished up his F1 career and he got the uh, the walk down pit lane where they all came out and gave him a big round of applause yeah, uh, in, in F1 world that's 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 yeah. an accolade and a half I'll tell you something I, I watched a bit of the pre, pre, pre-match pre Nico Rosberg actually seems like a nice bloke and you don't say that often about F1 drivers no if you compare him to Lewis who's obviously oh, the world champion yeah well, <laughs> Lewis is a he's a bit grumpy old Lewis Daniel Ricciardo seems to be oh, very, no, he, 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 he seems like a champion top stuff uh, but they all do I, I just I find it amazing that you can stand there and you can tell everyone how good it's going to be and you can jump in the car put your helmet on and you're going about 320 in about 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> all right. can you imagine yes. doing that with rugby league players
cricket players, as you're walking out to bat, get away, I've got a bat. Yeah. F1 this, drives, a bit faster. This is uh, the Rush Hour on Triple M. We will have a news update shortly, and we're going to talk a bit more cricket with Stuart Clark shortly. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Triple M, Rush Hour. Let's get the business here, Stuart Clark, as we do the show for Lendy Home Loans. We've been talking about what's going on on the field. It seems to be an almost bigger catastrophe for the Australian side off the field. We now have people like Pat Howard high-performance manager saying that Darren Lehman has to reinvent himself. We've got, you know, left-field selections and we seem to have a lot of things going on off the field. What is your take on the state of play with the way Australian cricket's been run right now? The the question for me is why is the high-performance manager may having a press conference in the middle of a test match to start with? Surely you'd wait. He basically wrote Australia off in this test match saying, oh, yeah, we were no good. And, yeah, self-preservation. No, yeah, self-preservation. Oh, well, maybe that's it, but I don't understand. What, what did he actually enlighten us with? Other than apparently Darren Lehman's got to enlighten himself and he referred to the Argus report where we're all accountable. Oh, geez, thanks for the scoop, Pat. No, we didn't realise that. I, I don't get it for the life of me. Why? It's a, as far as reinventing yourself, what, what does he want Darren to do? Throw right-handed, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't get that. What does that mean? Well, Darren Lehman took Australia from the Mickey Arthur debacle, rose them to number one in the world as a test nation, which seemed like an overachievement. World Cup winners only, what, 18 months ago. Yeah. It seems like Darren has done a pretty good job to this point, even though it's not perfect. No, and and look, you're going to have series where you don't win and you're going to have series... It's the way they're playing cricket at the moment. They're not playing very well and getting bowled out for 88 on a a wicket never never goes down well. I think if I'm reading between lines, he's trying to defend his position of signing Gary Lehman again. That's all he's doing. He's gone, geez, I better come out and make a comment here because, look... as when you work in the media, you can't bag guys for, for coming out because you always want to hear from them. But I just found the timing a little bit ridiculous. The other comment I heard and I saw him make was Rod Marsh is going at the end of his tenure and he basically said Trevor Hones and Mark War will go at the end of theirs. So we're going to go through a whole new selection panel. Uh, the coach is on notice. Uh, Steve, War- Steve Smith's on notice. I'm himself's on notice. Oh, everyone's on notice. But how's that going to fix it? The problem is first-class cricket is not that strong at the moment. And they've changed the way first-class cricket's run. They use it as training games now and warm-up games. We saw the debacle with Mitchell Stark earlier in the year where he bowled in the first innings and then the medical staff said, oh, no, you've done too much, give him a rest, and they brought someone else in. It's no longer a premier competition. It's a trial competition for the test matches. couple of quick ones because we are running out of time. Any dramas with Steve Smith's captaincy? No. Shane Warne wants to coach the 2020 team. Apparently they've told him you need your coaching certificates. That's only a fill-in role. Surely no. if Shane Warne says, I want to coach, I'm available to coach, and there's a spot, do you not give it to him? No. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think, you know, Shane Warne, he can come in and be a specialist coach, spin bowling, mm-hmm. and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of um, you know, helping out or assistant coaching. Um, I, I'm a little bit, you've got to do your time. You've got, you've got to done some time somewhere. And I know he did a little bit in the IPL and he was captain. And there's no question he's a very astute mind. There's no question about that. I just don't think you can walk up and say, oh, I want to be coach and have a crack at it. Well, okay. I just don't think that's right. For all the guys, if, if we're serious about coaching in this country, you've got to do some time, haven't you? Is, and one final question, is there, I mean, we, we talk about Pat Howard, Darren Lehman, Steve Smith's captaincy. Is the harsh reality that our team is just not good enough and certainly not as good as it used to be? Yeah, that, that's the reality, yeah. We just don't have the players. We don't have the calibre of players playing in first-class cricket just to naturally and quickly replace guys. You don't have the Jamie Siddons, the Stuart Laws, the Jimmy Mars, the guys coming out that played first-class cricket for long periods of time 
that came in and were natural test players. We don't Do have, we have a theory as to why that's the case. Is it just the cycle, or is there something no, fundamentally at play here? They, they've changed the way first. They've changed what that competition means. A lot yeah. of the old guys and the IPL and money have changed it a little bit. The old guys don't stay around and play that competition anymore. They go overseas and do the T20 Surely circuit. Yeah. So you don't, and, and you can't blame them for that. I, you know, I missed that boat. I would have probably done it myself. But in fairness, if someone says here's six million dollars a year to play a bit of T20 cricket, yeah, four you, overs a game, yeah, or you can slog it out in domestic cricket for a couple of hundred grand at most, and I'm talking about playing every game and being on the maximum contract. Which one are you taking, Dan? That's a no-brainer. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Sports update. WeDrive will drive you and your car home for as little as $30. Download the WeDrive app today. This is a good concept, doesn't it? Australia 2 for 121 at Stumps on day three of the second test against South Africa. That is a deficit of 120 with eight wickets in hand. And the Big Bash has had its first scandal, Stuart Clark. Well, second scandal if you include all that Chris Gale business last year. The Perth Scorchers have been found to have broken the salary cap and have been fined a whopping $150,000. Jesus. Here's the catch. 145,000 of that has been suspended. <laughs> it's a f- <laughs> now that Was is Brian Walder in there by chance? Is he? Is he over there at all? <laughs> how, how can you how can you find a team or a person with a straight face 150 and suspend 145k of it? Oh, it's Mickey. It's a joke, isn't it? What a joke. That's it. Adam, who but can we complain to? But hang on, who owns the franchises? Cricket Australia? No, no, no. The, the states own them. Yeah, but, but who owns the states, states funded <laughs> by Cricket Australia? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so they're, fine. finding, they're finding with the left hand, taking it with Absolutely. the right hand. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. So they could have fined them 150 grand and didn't have to bother suspending it. You know what they would have said? Because oh, it's the same statement we, anyway. Mate, it's 150 grand. We were going to build nets down at the local school and we'll have to take the money from there. Oops, <laughs> make it five. All right, that's a sports update for We Drive. Uh, let me play this. This is actually what Sam Burgess said regarding the referees last night in the test match at uh, London Stadium. This is courtesy of Channel 9. There was a time where uh, he was made aware of the score, the, the penalty count, and he, he made sure it were even by half-time, so... Yeah, I don't know what agenda he's got there or whether he wants to even it up, but some of the penalties are... Yeah. At this level, I just don't think the penalties, but that's my opinion. Uh, probably the people who disagree with that, so... Yeah, let's move on. They're not even aware of the penalty count. Um, it was an Australian player. Yeah. Was it the captain? Yeah. <laughs> Smart player. <laughs> what did he just say, Cam Smith? Anyway. Been a bit cranky, Sam, during this whole tournament. Anyway, uh, that's it for him. He'll be in pre-season now. we got to go, Stewie. All right, good on you, Dan. Uh, you have a good time out there in the Gold Coast. Thank you very much. More Rush Hour tomorrow here on Triple M. Ugly Phil is coming up right after this. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au.